2: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
5: Third hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right now, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for joining. If you're just tuning in now, um, you know, I, I just had my own little New York uh, experience as a 30 plus year um, resident of the city uh, previously. I, I went back, I saw Family for the Holiday, and I had a, a, an unpleasant experience on the subway. First time on the subway, super unpleasant experience, and that's putting it mildly. Um, and I thought this was interesting. Uh, you know, on uh, the great Sean Hannity's show, uh, well, radio, obviously, and TV, I, this was on TV. He had his, uh, his audience of New Yorkers, New York area folks, um, go, to, go to check out that show. They had to do some great live stuff. And when he was, uh, when, when they were posed with the question, do they feel safe as New Yorkers? Here's how they responded. Play 16.
1: As the chairman,
5: Jim Jordan conducts a full investigation of that abuse of power. So he's also taking his committee on the road. One week from today, they will be in lower Manhattan in New York City to hear from victims of all the actual criminal acts from all the criminals that D.A. Alvin Bragg has set free while he pursued his campaign promise to go after one man, Donald Trump. Bragg says the hearing is a political stunt and insists that New York City is actually very safe. All right, joining us now. You're all from New York. Is New York not safe? Oh, okay. Gee, I must have read the Daily News or the New York Slimes. So you hear it there from a bunch of New Yorkers. I just thought that was kind of obvious. You know, they, they can't even hold it back, Clay. Um, and, and here's the situation in New York is, is similar, not quite at the scale, but it's deteriorating the same way it is in, in San Francisco. We mentioned this Whole Foods that has shut down. This is the, this is the flagship. It's a major Whole Foods store. I mean, a store like this is doing millions and millions of dollars of sales. Uh, and, and it's a major operation to set it up. They shut it down because there were so many, uh, obviously, thefts, but vagrants um, just doing, dis- you know, disgusting and unspeakable things in the bathrooms, stealing all the shopping carts. Just take it. Take all because, you know, those are usually kept, I guess, outside where it's harder to keep an eye on, on the thefts that are occurring. So they stole everything. They ruined the place. They shut it down. One thing that we often and Mayor London Breed is telling everybody, oh no, you know, we're it's not that bad. We're that's Democrats have been reduced to in a lot of major cities. It's not that bad. You know, I, I sent this to you. There's some uh I think it's a li I think she's a, a lib, but there's uh a person out in San Fran, I'm gonna try to pull up her, her information. Michelle Tandler, okay? Um not a conservative from what I can tell, and she's gone viral in the last day or so with this he says imagine this scenario it's twelve thirty a.m. and your dog woke you up because it needs to go to the bathroom this is out in san francisco you walk outside and sleepily shuffle down the street in your slippers you spot a man half naked with a comforter draped over him stumbling out of the park toward you what do you do this was me last night and this is me most nights at night Mere weird men who are clearly not mentally sound or wandering around my apartment building. The other night at 4 a.m., we came across someone violently hacking away at grass on my block with a shovel. He was stealing the grass. He saw me and scurried away with his bags of grass. Many days I park and walk past people dancing on the hill next to my home, men dancing in their 30s erratically near you. What do you do? In these moments, the first thing I think is meth. Then I start planning my safety. Should we turn and walk away? Should we pretend like nothing is happening? Constantly living in fear takes a toll. It's small and consistent. And she said, and then she gets into how the ultra wealthy in San Francisco still feel like they can pretend this isn't happening. Clay, the constant threat of lunatics around you in the streets of these Democrat cities is a crime that doesn't get reported in the statistics, but it affects the perception, the stability, and just the quality of life of all of the residents. And Democrats have no answers for this because it would require cleaning things up.
2: Well, we talked about last week, the 40, I think it was 43 year old Cash App founder. Yes. Who got stabbed to death and murdered in San Francisco in what is considered to be a good neighborhood. Uh, and, And the reason why I bring that up is Whole Foods, who is the Whole Foods audience? By and large, it's upper-income white people, right? If you were saying, who is the prototypical shopper at a Whole Foods? You would say, I would guess, elite, wealthy, college-educated white person. That seems to me if you were just, again, waving a magic wand and you were saying, who is our, like, pop in front of me, what's the stereotypical uh, Whole Foods shopper? I would say it's a 46-year-old white woman who has at least one degree. And the fact that they cannot stay open in San Francisco is a big deal. I saw this stat the other day. San Francisco has the highest office vacancy rate in the entire nation, 33%. Now, let me put that into perspective for you. That is triple Detroit. Triple the office vacancy rate of San Francisco to Detroit. And, Buck, one of the things they talk about a lot in San Francisco in particular because of the Silicon Valley connection, is sort of the virtuous circle from a business perspective. What do I mean by the virtuous circle, the flywheel? When you use Google, you make Google more efficient because Google can use whatever searches you have made to help make the product better. And when your product gets so big, everything starts spinning in the right direction and that product becomes even more efficient. The exact opposite of that is happening in San Francisco right now. And I think a lot of the big tech executives will understand this if you kind of put it in that perspective. Because what are you losing? And San Francisco, I think, is maybe the perfect embodiment of this buck. Because San Francisco, 33% office vacancy. You are losing overwhelming numbers of highly educated, wealthy, disposable income people who can choose to leave. They're relocating. They're working remotely. One of the impacts of COVID. What do you lose when there's a 33% office rate, uh, vacancy? You lose all the businesses supporting all of those people. When those places go vacant, what happens? Vagrancy. When the vagrancy happens, what occurs? More and more dangerous people on the streets. And all of that super positive... uh feedback wheel the flywheel as i'm speaking about it using google as a business example is now working in reverse for the city of san francisco and that is occurring not only in san francisco seattle new york city chicago the biggest cities in america which had been benefiting from elite highly educated residents they're gone i saw a great article pointing out in chicago hundreds of thousands of people have left buck That actually makes their politics more disastrous because who are the people that are leaving Chicago? How does that mayor, that far left-wing mayor, get elected because the cities are getting bluer and that is going to lead them down the primrose path of more destruction and all of these places are basically reverse flywheels. Everything that made San Francisco special, it's now spinning in the opposite direction and it's going to continue to get worse
5: rapidly. I think people forget that detroit was i think the greatest concentration of millionaires and the highest or certainly in the top five highest per capita earning cities in america in the 1950s and it was it was a boom town yes. I mean, you go and you see these old the these photos of these old buildings i mean they they're incredible architectural marvels really you're right that are now just you know covered in In pigeon poop and broken glass, and the whole thing has just been absolutely destroyed. Detroit was ruined as a city. Now, I know you could say, oh, it's because of the auto industry and it moved, but there were a lot of really bad decisions that Detroit made as a city too along the way. It does, places don't stay prosperous, safe, and wonderful if bad decisions are made. They have to be able to adapt, right? I mean, you know, what you've seen happening in Detroit could happen to any city. Is the point, and I think that people they look at someone like a Gavin Newsom, I and mean, he's such a, he's so slimy and so dishonest. California became super wealthy and prosperous as a largely Republican stronghold, and now they are just, you know, milking that cow into extinction with all the taxes and the regulations and everything
2: else. That's what they're doing there. Detroit's a great example, Buck, because my wife is from the Detroit area. I got married in Oakland County. It's beautiful. Oakland County has got married in Birmingham. I bet we have a lot of listeners in the Detroit area. Things got so bad in Detroit, Buck, that they finally just threw their hands up and said, we've got to change the dynamic. And actually, downtown Detroit is starting to come back now after decades and decades of, as you said, totally falling apart. It got so bad in Detroit that they said we have to change things. What's frustrating, I think, to a lot of our listeners out there, whether you're in Chicago, New York City, San Francisco, Seattle, these big cities, Atlanta, things are awful. Things are bad. But people aren't willing to acknowledge that they're bad. And worse than that, Buck, they're not willing to look in the mirror and say they're bad because of the choices we made. Kicking police to the curb? That was a disaster, but making the decision to be all in on far left wing politics, that is destroying the fabric of the city.
5: You can look at specific things that have been done in these places that are all ideologically aligned with the left and pushed by left wing activists and left wing uh, groups and then left wing politicians, Democrats, Democrats did these things. And yeah, you mentioned police. That's obviously huge. San Francisco is short, 500 police officers. Does anyone think that that has an impact on response times and just the general sense of whether you can get away with crime on the streets? There's a cascading effect here, right? Prosecutors, are they actually deciding that people who are a danger to their fellow human beings should be taken off the streets? Or even if they're just a danger to the quality of life of their fellow, you know, once you've committed your 50th burglary, I think you probably need to, you know, I think once you've committed a few burglaries, you need to spend some real time in prison, not a few days in prison, not a few days in jail. Um, You, you see this also, though, Clay, with more of the day-to-day stuff, and that's why I read that woman's thread that's gone viral. You know, you, you can't have people camping and living on the streets in town squares. You can't have open-air drug usage. You can't have people urinating and defecating in the street with impunity. You can't. I mean, all of these things that these cities decided to make legal, decided should be okay. You have open air drug markets in San Francisco, effectively the same thing in Portland and Seattle too, where people are buying and selling heroin, uh, uh, opioids. And you know what the left wing activists say when we bring this up? Oh, but but they're you know they're victims because if you do anything about this, you know you're you're essentially part of the oppressive system. They're going to die. They're going to die of a drug overdose. They think being kind to people is letting them wallow in filth on the streets, commit crimes, and do drugs until they die. That's not kind. That's
2: inhumane. Many people who live in these cities would rather them be destroyed than admit they were wrong. And at some point, it's going to get so bad that there are going to be a ton of Rudy Giuliani's, I believe, all over this country who come and say, I will fix it. But first... People have to acknowledge there's a problem and they're not willing to do it.
5: And I'll just say this, you know, in, in New York, even, uh, and I was working in the NYPD in 2010, 2011 um, uh, on rotation from the federal government. That's why I was only there for a year. Um, I used to tell people when they would say, oh, New York, you know, it's dangerous. 2010, 2011, I'd be like, guys, New York is super safe, actually. Yeah. And it's actually pretty well run and it's a pretty great place. If you like a city, it's a great city. So I'm not somebody who's always been, oh, New York, the libs, of, you know, the libs are doing a terrible job. Giuliani and Bloomberg
2: did an incredible job, they by fixed and large, it. with New York City. Yep.
5: That's the point. They fixed it, and we were honest about that, and we said this. I was telling her, I was an evangelist for New York City, and I want to be again. they got to fix it again.
2: And they got to fix it all over the country. But first problem? Got to acknowledge that you're wrong, and they won't do it yet. This month is the beginning of graduation season on college campuses, certainly the beginning of what's often referred to as senioritis. Lots of great learning goes on, leading up to the point, including education provided at one of our favorite colleges, Hillsdale College. There, young people are getting the best classical liberal arts education anywhere in America. When these students graduate, they'll have studied the great books, History of Western Civ and America, and the meaning and history of the constitution you can't graduate from hillsdale without taking at least one full semester course on the constitution it's that important hillsdale founded in 1844 to offer the kind of education needed to preserve civil and religious liberty holds true to that mission today they don't take a penny of taxpayer funding not one not even indirectly in the form of student grants and loans you're not left out of all the learning. You can learn from Hillsdale for free through Imprimus, their monthly printed speech digest delivered to your home, or by taking online video courses on American history, the Constitution, other subjects as well. See for yourself. Learn more about Hillsdale at Clay and Buck That's Clay and Buck Hillsdale.com. From the front lines of truth. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, VIP email. You can always email the show. Ali is reading through these. Kim writes in and says, I work for a tech company. A lot of my coworkers live in San Francisco. When you bring up crime to them, they say, oh, it's like this everywhere. It's normal. It's not too bad. It's like they're brainwashed to accept this behavior. It's literally insane. That's why I say, Buck, until they look in the mirror, right? Because we've created this world where no one is responsible for their own actions. That's one of my biggest issues in general with the world. Nobody just stands in front of the mirror and says, hey, I'm an individual. I'm responsible for me. And Democrats can't look in the mirror and say, because they're all filled with Trump derangement syndrome and they're all convinced that they're on the right side of history, they can't look in the mirror and say, nobody else screwed up these cities but us. And until they do that, they're not going to be willing to make any changes and this is why i think the fact that we don't have any reckoning on all the democrat failures from covid are so significant because they are convinced that they don't have to be right on anything they just have to be opposed to those awful right wingers and so as a result there's no cognitive understanding of them creating their own problems
5: no and and in fact now part of the of the democrat uh, mantra the democrat mindset on these issues is that even if you are victimized, you are a victimizer if you want to do anything about it. Yeah. If you want there to be any consequences for the person. And you saw this. I mean, there was a, an op-ed. Uh, I think there were a few of them really, but in the San Francisco Chronicle during the pandemic or at the, you know, the second part of the pandemic, I should say, maybe 2021, 2022, saying if you call the police on somebody who's breaking into your home, you're engaged in racist (laughs) violence against people of color. Yeah. First of all, making the assumption, which is not true in San Francisco or anywhere else for that matter, that, like, oh, we should just assume it's a person of color who is breaking into the home. But the op-ed was saying it is a violence against a person of color if you call the police because of the probability and the chance of the police arriving and arresting that person. So just let them steal from you. Just let them go into your garage and take stuff. I think there were Reddit threads on this. I mean, this became a thing in san francisco for a while and that's when people started to be like i i can't i can't do this anymore like it's actually gone too far but that's the point if you if you someone is committing a crime against you you call the cops you're a bad person that is peak leftism that is like the full scope of leftism on display So now's the time to talk to you about uh, how to keep your uh, skills sharp, my friends, when you're out on the range. Get yourself a Mantis X system. This is a great uh, training tool that you can use at home without any ammo on your own schedule. Dry fire practice is what it's called. That's what the Mantis X is, a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. The Mantis X system has a device that attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. Then it connects to your smartphone and the Mantis X app. You get data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and just get your shooting to be better. Drills and courses provided. You're going to love your Mantis X system. It's used by U.S. military and special forces. military-grade technology at an affordable price. Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you also have to act on your Second Amendment responsibility to be competent and precise in your shooting. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. I've got mine right here in the studio with me. Mantis, M-A-N-T-I-S-X dot com. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. We talked to you yesterday about the, uh, possibility of a pardon for Daniel Perry. We reminded you of this incident back during the BLM riots of 2020, um, where a, uh, an assailant was part of a mob. He was armed with an AK-47 and he was part of a mob that gathered around, um, a vehicle. He had given interviews. The the individual who was you know carrying the AK forty seven part of the BLM group. He, he had effectively said on video earlier in the day, "No one's going to do anything. I can basically wave my gun on their faces because unless they're with BLM, they're cowards." Effectively, was was his his take on the situation. Um, and you had uh, Daniel Perry, a uh, member of the military, and uh, also that he was driving an Uber at the time and he was armed and he when surrounded with people banging on his vehicle and an individual who was trying to look like he's in tactical gear, ready for action, waved an AK-47 in his face and pointed it at him. And Perry drew down, shot that individual. Kyle Rittenhouse was on uh, Tucker show last night. And as we all remember, Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself. It was as clear as self-defense can be. And there was video of it, thank God, because otherwise the Democrat uh, lunatics would have sent him to prison for the rest of his life. Kyle was out uh, out on TV. and He's pointing out to everybody that they're just completely lying to you about what happened here in this incident with Daniel Perry and the the BLM uh, protester. Play clip six. How do you think Daniel Perry feels tonight sitting in jail? I can only imagine he's probably sitting there. Wondering what happened. He defended himself. He knows what he did was right. You have a man with an AK-47 and over 120 rounds of ammo on his person, dressed for, dressed for war, as some people might say, with the rifle strapped, the AK-47, raising it towards Daniel Perry, who was in flip-flops and beach shorts carrying a revolver. And nobody wants to talk about that. They don't want to talk about how he was swarmed, at, his, how his car was swarmed with a bunch of rioters trying to attack him. They yeah, also don't want to talk about. I'm, I'm, I saw this last night. That uh, Kyle said, and I'm, to be honest, I didn't even see this uh, in the in the write ups and the story about this. That one of the BLM rioters actually fired after. You know, uh, this is what this is what Kyle said last night on the show. That after Perry shot the individual with the AK-47, another BLM rioter fired off a few rounds at Perry in the in the car as it was he was driving away. I, I assume, and there were no charges against that person. Oh, really? No, no charges for just firing at somebody in that circumstance, um, and and deciding that you know you're you're going to try to I, I guess you know get even or something like that. Clay, the the fix is in with these district attorneys in these places uh, who are backed by. George Soros' money and the political left, they want to make self-defense. This goes to my earlier point about how if you don't want to be a victim, you are a victimizer. They want to make self-defense for people illegal.
2: I would also, we're number one in Austin, so we appreciate all of you out there listening to us right now. San Francisco should be an incredibly scary potential future for the city of Austin. Because there are a lot, and I say this as a Nashvilleian, because there's a lot of people from California, from Chicago, from New York City who are fed up with the way that those cities are being run that have come to places like Austin, Nashville, all certainly over the state of Florida. But when you start, they got a Soros prosecutor in Austin. When you start allowing your city to be so lenient on crime that you're not prosecuting actual felonies and when and this is why i think this that this story is particularly pertinent not only in san francisco but also with what you're seeing in new york city when you are constantly dropping felonies to misdemeanors and then you decide to elevate non-crimes like we saw in new york city with alvin bragg to felonies you're not in any way an impartial purveyor of justice in a remotely honest perspective And what happened in Austin, what is happening in Austin, even in the great state of Texas? Thankfully, they've got Greg Abbott, and they've got a couple of senators who are Republicans, and so I hope they have enough of a backbone to be able to stand up to the craziness in Austin. But they're defunding police in Austin, Buck. They are not prosecuting criminal offenses in Austin. They are then deciding, when they have politically opportune moments, to go after targets that they believe of a political nature are going to help them, And in that virtuous flywheel that I was talking about with Google and all the big tech guys will understand that, you're starting to see that start to spin in the opposite direction in many of these cities. And Austin, if you're in Austin or you're in the surrounding communities around Austin, you're listening to me right now, you're nodding along and you're saying, we're making fun of San Francisco. We love Austin. You may have been living there for generations. Be careful because they'll do it to you too.
5: It also goes to how it it makes a difference Who's in, uh, who's in control of the governor's mansion and, and who's running the state legislature where you live. You can be in a very blue city, but at least in Texas, you have that overwatch, if you will, of solid Republican control at the top. Because on, on issues of crime, just to be very clear, the latest data that I saw this morning, and hat tip our, our friend, uh, political strategist Ryan Gerdusky, he's actually a political strategist, like works with campaigns. Yes. I feel like some That's people go on job. TV, yes. I'm a, you know you know my like my my great uncle bob or my my uh my second cousin phil thinks they're a political strategist at thanksgiving but you know an actual political he does it for a living um but he uh he shared uh, graduski shared the latest polling on this and the issue of crime is r plus 12 so this is but that's
2: the highest it's i bet that's the highest it's been since maybe the 90s I mean, it's maybe it's, yeah.
5: It's a good good question. I'm sure it is the it's certainly the highest it's been in the last decade. I mean, Republicans are in the 21st century on this I'm issue. Sure. Yeah, because and it has it has you know economic impact too. And when you're looking at what's happening with the real estate markets in cities, when you look at at uh, the vacancies of of uh, you brought up commercial real estate, everything starts to fall apart. The single most fundamental obligation of the state both in the sort of big s and little s sense right is to provide for safety and security of the people there, physical safety and property security in cities and democrats have have uh embraced this this idea largely i will note though that they're going to trot out well he can't trot they're going to Carry or, you know, shuffle him out, shuffle, shuffle out. Thank you. Shuffle out. You know what I'm talking about. Joe yes. Biden to go, yeah, you know, safe streets, safety. You know, like cops, keep you safe. Yeah, safe. It's all a lie. The Democrat apparatuses and all these different states and the Democrats in the Congress, they are the creators of this disorder, this violence, this chaos, this anarchy. And, and really the part of it that is so lost in this conversation is democrats pretend to be the party of um uh the minorities racial minorities in this country first and foremost what the democrat policies are doing to the black community specifically in cities when it comes to crime and safety is is horrific horrific and yet because of the propaganda and because of the power of the media and because of the victimization narratives and because of the way they frame these issues, you get situations like you just saw in Chicago, where Chicago just voted, the residents of Chicago who suffer the worst violence, not all of the violence, obviously, in the city, but in the highest crime neighborhoods, they voted for a Democrat who will ensure that the situation continues to deteriorate, that more people leave because more people will be shot and robbed, and and assaulted. And this is why you get into a spiral. This is why it's very hard for these cities until they have a real reckoning to stop the deterioration.
2: It's not bad enough yet, unfortunately. And also, similarly of an unfortunate nature, that was basically a race-driven election in Chicago. The black guy who is going to make it less safe for black communities turned the white guy into a right wing racist that can't be trusted. And as a result, unfortunately, far more Chicagoans are likely to die because of the mayor choice they made. All racially based politics are toxic. All of yes.
5: them actually. Making determinations about a person based upon their skin color in any context is wrong. Shouldn't do it. It's not it's actually right.
2: no the very definition of
5: racism. Of racism, yes. Yes. But there is there's, you know, these narratives that are allowed to flourish here of, well, it's not racist if a certain group does it. And then you say, well, hold on a second. What is the basic principle involved here? We judge each other as equals and skin color is irrelevant to character, ability and everything else. That is the fundamental principle. Are all communities across the country applying it to the people that they are voting for with that as a principle? I think it's worth having that conversation. We talk about identity theft all the time here because it happens so often. Here's a great example of how Title Max's parent company, TMX Finance Corporate Services, disclosed a data breach that happened to them because of cyber hackers. The data breach of personal information included nearly 5 million individuals. The information was accessed almost two weeks before it was noticed and includes names and birth dates as well as driver's license and social security numbers. I mean, with that kind of stuff, cyber criminals can commit identity theft easily. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting all of our lives. Today, there are more identity threats than you realize, and it's so easy for one to sneak by. Protecting your identity against theft is a lot easier, though, with LifeLock. This is the company looking online 24-7 for evidence that your info is in the wrong hands. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. Now, that's such a time saver, and I've worked with them, so let me tell you, they really help, and they get it done. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But Lifelock makes it easier to help protect yourself. Join now and save twenty-five percent off your first year with promo code buck. Call one 800 lifelock or head to Lifelock.com and use my name as your promo code. That's promo code buck at lifelock.com for 25% off. Clay and Buck 247. Subscribe today.
2: Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage all of you out there to go subscribe to the podcast. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. We had a fabulous conversation with the very brave Riley Gaines, former University of Kentucky swimmer, um, who was attacked at San Francisco State University for having the audacity to say that men should compete against men and women should compete against women. They kept her hostage for three hours in a classroom, because they were so afraid of what would happen after she was assaulted. And so I would encourage all of you to go listen to that. But we're coming up on, for some of you, spring break season still going on. Some of you are going to be graduating from college, or your kids are, and you're going to be on the road for the course of the spring and into the summer. Just make sure you got the show wherever you may find yourself. Search out my name, Clay Travis. Search out Buck Sexton. Lots of podcast exclusives and uniques. You can go subscribe, and you'll be glad that you did. A couple of different things that are out there. First of all, I'm presuming that a lot of people are sharing their pets. I want to apologize to all the lizard owners out there for mispronouncing Kila monster, Um, which, by the way, not a very uh, positive, I would imagine, name for an animal. Uh, the, The monster, typically not seen as a very positive. I will say this. We have two cats. They are the bane of my existence. Um, they are destroying everything in the house, but the boys seem very happy with them. Buck, have you made any further progress towards adding a dog to your family?
5: The discussion is ongoing. We've talked about. The, can the you fundamental- have animals in
2: your place? We, we we got I got nothing. We got nothing here. Right, but I mean, now. can you have? Are you allowed? Like some places don't allow. Is this part of the conversation? I mean, you
5: know. I think technically no, but you know, come on. What are they going to do? Um, so no, I don't think we are in, in my current, in my current, uh, home allowed to have a, a pet because it's a, a condo and there are condo yeah. rules. I, I, you could do it. You just have to get it approved and you, you know, people have dogs here, obviously, but you can't just like show up with one. I think you have to get, get approval for it. Um, it's interesting also, you know, there are breed restrictions in a lot of buildings and people get into this thing of, Oh, my, well, mines a mix. They say because you can't. A lot of buildings won't allow. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not casting aspersions. I'm going to get inundated, particularly by the pit bull people out there. But a lot of buildings, apartment buildings, won't allow pit bulls, rottweilers, mastiffs, and then some of the more exotic large fighting dogs like uh, Preza canario. Um, I'm trying to think of a Do- dogo argentino. Which, if you've ever seen these dogs, by the way, they look like pit bulls on steroids. I mean, they're they're massive so they won't allow you with those sorts of dogs but what i've talked to Carrie about i said look maybe we think this is why i asked for clay and buck vips and also on twitter and facebook to just send us your different pets because it's national pet day everybody you can tag
2: us at clay and buck the staff will see them on social if you want to do that
5: and 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 i say you know we could just go outside the box a little bit here because as i pointed out florida is very uh very favorable to allowing you to have exotic pets the exotic pet trade here is flourishing so uh you can get uh pet fox pet raccoon i mean probably i could just get a pet coyote and say it was a mix now is this advisable probably not um but also a sugar glider right do you even know what a sugar glider they like what these little or are you on i mean i'm many many stories up in the so you're um, going to the
2: reason why i'm asking is you're going to take a coyote into an elevator <laughs> Into an elevator for like 20 floors.
5: I tell everybody it is a designer. It's, you know, a desi- it's like a coyote mixed with a poodle and nobody will know the difference.
2: I mean, I think if you have a yard, there are potentially aggressive moves you could make in terms of what animals you want to have. Um but for you to like walk into a Miami condo with a coyote i th- i don't know what the voting process is to remove you from being able to stay in your building but i think that that you would be on the fast track towards that i think
5: that would be an issue i'm looking here at the list i could have a pet marmoset which is very exciting i don't Foxes. know what that is What's it's, a marmoset? it's it's like a little like a little looks like a small monkey a small small oh. primate um yeah, marmoset, uh, foxes you can have, uh, pet skunk.
2: Peppy pew I'm may sure we be that sir. that has been, uh, you know, they take away the, the, the odorific aspects of the skunk. The,
5: the, the problem with the pet skunk, and we probably, if you have a pet skunk in the audience, please weigh in, you know, you know, email us or tweet at us or something. I feel like, you know how you have to discipline pets a little bit, meaning you gotta be like, no, 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 you know, you gotta learn to use the litter box or whatever. That skunk's got you, man. Like you start to talk a little smack to the skunk, and you get hit with that the gland that shoots out the stuff and the this smelly. This is like
2: my thing. If you're trying too hard with your pet, I can't trust you. Uh, just like I, I am very anti-snake. I've said this on the show before. If you have a pet snake, and I'm sure a lot of you listening right now do, I don't really trust you because I feel like in some way you're deviant. I'm just saying, if you're a snake guy, certainly if you're a snake girl, I feel like you're a little bit of a deviant. You're hiding yeah, something.
5: I, I would, I would though, I'd say turtles. I'm cool with turtles. Like, people like having turtles. pet turtles. That's not trying Turtles are cool. Yeah. yeah. But no, well, no one ever has to call the cops because they're being strangled Cats, by their pet dogs, turtles.
2: No issue. Yeah. Alligators, caimans, trying too hard. Just, just be normal, right? Just you know, you normal. can't even
5: have... I mean, there are there are litter, there are, are wild roaming chickens in my neighborhood that, that people keep here in Florida. You you can't even have any of these. In New York City, you're not even allowed to have a hedgehog. So you want to talk about tyranny? Forget all that COVID stuff. A hedgehog ban? It's just you not America.
2: That one guy in like New York City have a tiger in his con in his uh, apartment. Well, that was
5: very illegal though. Very <laughs> illegal.
2: Yes. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. Don't put tigers in your apartment. Without
0: the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the
2: coldness of Michael